Yeah. Um, as much yeah, as I, I remember, fight it. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, I, I was thinking the other day, like when I moved to Texas, we lived up it in kind of the Cedar Park Leander area. Mm -hmm. And uh, I used to ride a bike to the bus stop and then take the express bus downtown and then go work downtown. And right. I'd take the bus back and then bike another seven miles home. And right. I would read on the bus all the time. I, I would just devour so many books. And then I'd go to the library. I remember checking out all of the Beatles records from the library. Um, wow. They were CDs. But and I, and I remember sitting there in my room with the White Album and just learning the riffs. I remember um, the She's So Heavy guitar part was one of the first guitar parts. I was like, I have to learn this part. Like, not the song, but this part, you know. Right. And uh, it definitely kicked off a lot. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Just having that time without everything trying to get your attention. Yeah. Everything's a commercial. It's interesting when you when you work in music too. And I'm not saying I, I, I experience in the music industry, but it's interesting when you start working in it, it's easy to forget about what you did when you were a kid that got you into, you know, what yeah. you do now. And so I try to remember, yeah. what did I do? Who was I at 11 and 12 before yeah. I hit a certain point where I was like, I want to do this full force, you know? Um, yeah. And a lot of times it's that those moments when you were a kid, like playing at the end of your bed, pretending that you were in front of an audience. And then that finally happens. Um, and you just forget about when you once wanted it which is so weird, but I think about yep. that a lot, those moments. Yeah. Like to have an idol like Taylor Swift, is that's mm -hmm. a reach because that's somebody that had a millionaire dad, you know, who yeah. started at 12. Higgly wiggly. Yeah. And it's just like, what is that supposed to mean? Uh, the, no, 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 no. That's a, a piggly wiggly. It's a, it's a group of grocery stores that her family oh, yeah. comes from that money. They do? That's, uh, yeah. How'd you know that? I, I just remember you, hearing it a long time I ago. I don't think that's true. I think her dad's like in finance or something. I've never heard that. And I'm a Swifty. I think I would know Literally, that. Literally, I'm so curious. Google Piggly Wiggly Taylor Swift and see what happens. And okay. there, there's probably some really mean like Photoshop out there alongside it. But <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that that's where her family fortune comes from. I thought you were comparing her to a pig. I was like, we're going to have to end no! the podcast. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I'm not Alex Baldwin. The way people talk about her after she came out, no, I see nothing. No? Nothing. The Swift Where did family you hear that? fortune. I'm pretty sure the Swift family fortune came from that train of grocery stores. Um, the I, story I is that her, she owned, that her family owned a Christmas tree farm. Oh. That sounds more wholesome. So yeah. maybe her PR team created that. I don't know. Yeah, that sounds absolutely like a PR thing. Maybe, yeah. I mean, Taylor's got enough money to scrub the internet, but... I, I do. Taylor, Taylor Swift is like, I watch, anytime I watch a video of her, I cry. Because again, like going back to having goals, like you talk about yeah. having someone like that at 12. I saw that and I was like, that's what, you can do that? Like you can write songs and you can, and I knew, you know, I yeah. knew like of Dolly Parton and stuff, but this was a girl that was singing songs that I related to at that time, like being 12. I mean, yeah. But anyway. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, you have, you have, you see something like that. You're like, that's what I want. That's what I want. And it's such a really hard goal to, it's, it's a lot. And it's not, it's not attainable for a lot of people. So I've learned in the process of trying to get there and like be busy and get more. And how can, cause so much of my day is full of how 
how much can you get? Like, can you get um, a certain amount of tickets sold? Can you get a certain amount of followers? Can you get a certain amount mm-hmm. of clips and interactions and views? And so much of my day is built around that. Yeah. And it, it, it does like, it does like mess with your head a lot. So yeah. um, when, once I let that go and when I started playing, um, you know, like around town and stuff, I kind of was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm happy just being a musician. You know, I'm, I'm happy yeah. just doing this and, and writing songs and, and doing stuff that I am at my level. But I think I still, you still look around and you're like, I want more, I want more. And I don't know if that's the Texan in me, but it, it, mm-hmm. it might be the part, I don't, I don't know. No, I mean, I don't, Elon Musk isn't Texan. And yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there are people who just have a drive and you're like, hey, I, I, I want, I want to do something. I mean, yeah. yeah. And you have all of the time in the world to do that. You know, you were, you're getting, you're, you got a good start. And, um, and I think really making sure that you're true to yourself is the thing that will connect people to you in the long run. You know, I think that's something that me personally, as I've been kind of going back over, because I used to write and I was, I, I didn't have this worry about what other people wanted to listen to. I was just writing what was coming out of me. It just came out and I, there it was. Right. And right. then I get back into it after all the commercial stuff and, you know, it's like, okay, so what do I want? What's the goal? What does this need to be? What is right. the, and, and you start censoring yourself. Yeah. Uh, artistically. Yeah. Based on what you perceive the response is going to be. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's a really dangerous thing because I think if something I've tried to live by is be 110% you and the people who can stand it will, or, or appreciate it will stick around. You don't want those other, you don't want to have to carry the weight of pleasing people who aren't pleased by who you are, you know? Oh my God. Yes. It's so true. It's so, that is so true. Yeah. And it's toxic when when you try to take that on because I'm I'm naturally a people pleaser. Like I want to make I, I hate disappointing. That's people. an oldest child thing. I'm the same. Oh way. yeah. 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 Same. Um, way. Yeah. I, I I can't stand disappointing people. It it brings me like it's a it's a thing. Like I get paralyzed if I think I'm gonna let someone down. I'm mm-hmm. just like shut down. And, so you're probably um, really reliable. You're probably really good at business then. <laughs> I have my moments. <laughs> you showed up to how many gigs on time? I mean, that's, yeah, that's yeah. a record. Musicians don't always yeah. show up to gigs on time. so That's true. I never missed a single show from something happening. I The closest I came was, oh, here, hold on. I'm going to grab something real quickly. Okay. Um, let me take my headphones with me momentarily. So literally... A couple weeks, uh, one of the last shows before the whole thing got canceled, um, I had one bass with me. Sometimes I have two, but this is pretty reliable and I have spare parts and whatnot mm-hmm. and I work on my own stuff. Uh, one of the t- it fell over and the tuners broke. A couple tuners broke and I had plenty of time before the shows and I was in San Antonio and I went driving around and I found some replacement tuners and I was okay. putting them on, had, you know, an hour before the show or something like that. Right. And uh, I kind of ran into some issues and... <laughs> this dude comes around and he's like, oh, I was having trouble getting this string ferrule right here in. And he brought me a dead blow hammer and I was putting it in just fine. And then um, he asked me something else and he just kind of was being helpful, but I was trying to focus. Yeah. And I hit this thing with the dead blow hammer with no support. 
and this happened. Oh no. <laughs> and I didn't have another bass with me. Oh, so and this do? was so this was at we were supposed to go on at 8:15. And this was 7 maybe it was 9:15. Either way, this was 25 minutes before that. I was 10 minutes from a guitar center that closed in like seven minutes. And so the first thing I did, this hit the floor, I pulled my phone out and called that guitar center. I had been there earlier in the day because I was looking around for parts right. and I knew what bases they had. And I was like, hey, please, please, please tell me that you will stay up. I'm on my way there now. I'll be a few minutes and you talk to the manager. They let me in there. I swapped out or I, I, I literally, the bases in the other room, but I got $150 base that played fine. That's and nice. I ran back there. And Did you pull your spasmatic it, card to make that happen? You're like, I play for the spasmatics. Can you? Like, no, not at all. It was just like, that? hey, I have a gig that's supposed to, I'm going on literally in a few minutes and I have just broke the headstock off my face. And, that's and really uh, I was like, yeah. And so, you know, they were like, are you going to return this? Because you totally can just let us know. Like, cause they understand with Guitar Center, you can just, the free return policy. People use that as a free rental policy, unfortunately. Mm. But uh, the guy hooked me up. So I still have the base. I didn't take it back. Um, it's for sale if anybody wants to buy a cheap bass. But uh, hmm. yeah, it was, it made it happen. I got back there. We were going to push the show back 15 minutes to, to make it happen. The show ended up getting pushed back anyways. Okay. So that's a godsend. I ended up not even being late, mm-hmm. had another bass, like, but it was the most stressed I've ever been like thinking what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, what if I don't get a bass? So but you did. It worked I, out great. It was meant to be. I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's the that's the story of of almost not being able to do it for the first time. Wow. I've been but I've been later than I wanted to be before, but never missed. Better late than never. True. I've not been late to a gig once. But Impressive. I mean, it's not like I I don't think anyone, like, I, I think where I'm at, I have to be on time or they'll just forget it. Like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll replace you. Like, I, it's not like I'm yeah. headlining anything. So <laughs> they're like, okay, well, we'll just call, like, our neighbor to come do it. We don't, we don't, <laughs> I we don't, don't care. Uh, you play some bigger shows than that. I but, have, uh, but I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't like to think of uh, myself as, like, irreplaceable. Yeah. Because I am. I think that's, that's, a, that's a good way to go through life. Like, as mm-hmm. soon as you start thinking that, than you are because the person yeah. who thinks they're irreplaceable acts that way and mm-hmm. they are no fun to be around when they act that way i know a lot so, of people i know a lot of musicians that think they're irreplaceable and they're freaking nobodies yeah like when you meet when you meet a musician or an artist at my level that has a creative director and a tour manager and they have yeah and they have like two shows a month that's sad why do you Ooh, it's yeah. like they just you put you already you already lost like you put yourself in the wrong mindset and you yeah so, it's so weird yeah I mean that sounds like it's someone who I I worked in this creative director a, that's, that's a lot yeah like what what what's the creative direction that you need at this level like that you can't you know, do yourself like how, how can you call yourself right. an artist or a, if you can't do any of that yourself. So I did a record when I was in that studio in Lockhart, mm-hmm. did a record where there was a guy who's, he's a, he's an awesome guy, great right. hang. Um, he's, he was, you know, doing a lot of the, the, just playing covers on an acoustic and he'd throw some of his tunes in there every now and then. And he wanted to do a record of his songs. Like he wanted to do a record. 
okay. like a, you know, an originals record, but he didn't have any songs. And so there was this group of us all writing the songs and coming up with it. And then he would, you know, sometimes he would try to write some lyrics to it, or maybe he had a couple little lyrics or anything, but it was just, we were the ones writing his record, you know? And it was, right. I remember that was, and that happens a lot. That was kind of my first introduction to being a part of that. Right. But, you know, it made me realize like, oh, okay, this is, this is a way to do it. Like you can get something done and that's where the producing comes in. It's like, it's a product. Like if you want a product, you can get a product. You can have people help you with that product. Yes. Yes. But if you have to decide whether you want a product or you want your art, it's such bullshit because <laughs> like, I think I've read books on songwriting and I, that was me. Was this not that you heard? No, um, I thought I heard a voice. But I'm at church, I always hear voices. Totally normal. It's the Holy Spirit. Um, let's see. There's like this, these books I was reading on songwriting, and it was literally like the Nashville formula. It was teaching you, like, it's like, all right, you need this situation, you need this story arc, you need this resolution, yeah. you need this emotional pull, you need yep. this. And, you know, coming from uh, you know, the, the worship environment, I understood how inherently how music can be such an man, emotionally manipulative tool right and yeah. how certain chords and and progressions yes like you can you can create yeah i mean don't you know like when you hear when you hear the first I, I, who was i talking to about this the other day i think i was talking to trevor about it the other day you hear first yeah. the first two notes of a worship song and you know it's a worship song You're like mm, oh yeah a worship song. yeah it affects you, everything like, about it with Hillsong, it was like, is this Oasis? No, Hillsong. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that was always the, yeah. it was almost Oasis. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely those, there's a sound to it for sure mm -hmm. and a vibe mm -hmm. to it. But I think, you know, there, there are so many other, there's so much other music I listened to that did that so much more and it had nothing to do with that. Or it was right. just instrumental. And it created those feelings and those experiences on even a much more intense level because there was no pretense to it. Right. It wasn't, there was no, I mean, there maybe there was an intention in the writing of maybe the person wanted to create those emotions, but it wasn't because it was for this one environment to do this one thing. Right. You know, and, and, and that's something like, one of the funny things I, I always found was all of the, church worship leaders who would study U2 footage like it was like game film you know like here's here's how to do this thing and you, same thing at a U2 there's this spiritual experience with you know listen to the beginning of where the streets have no name and how that thing builds and swells and comes yeah, in and that's yeah. you know and then you hear I mean how many songs to this day are just a copy of that song with some Jesus words thrown on top of it yeah you know it's it's uh, and it's effective Yes, but, it is. But there's, there's got to be something else there. I think there was a time when the church drove the arts. The church, I mean, you look at, um, look at the Sistine Chapel, like, <laughs> and Michelangelo. Look at all these different people who were creating right. these amazing works of art. Um, and the church, there are there are people within it that don't do this but i think by and large is turned into a place where it's like we're going to take something outside of it and sanitize it and do this kind of like weakened clone of it and right. and that's that's really selling like if you if you believe that you were created by this creative being in his image 
Why do you have to copy something? Like, why are you copying something worse? <laughs> like, yeah. What, you know, um, that was something I always kind of resented. And the people who kind of were more out there and doing really, really, really cool stuff were as soon as like, oh, that's, that's too weird. And I'm like, open your mind, open your yeah. ears, open like where. So that yeah. being said, do you listen to, do you ever go back and listen to any Christian music or worship music now? Or do you, have you abandon it because you don't like where it? Um, no, that, I think that there are people who do it really well. Um, yeah. And <laughs> actually my brother and I went back and listened to DC Talks Jesus Freak the other day. Oh my God, uh, it's amazing. Yeah, at, at that record, sonically, I mean, as as a studio nut, yeah, um, just listening to how these records were put together. I mean, that's that's Nashville right there. That was the hub. Uh, was Mark Heimerman, I think, is the producer who did mm -hmm. a lot of that, mm -hmm. like mid '90s, uh, like Michael W. Smith stuff, the DC Talk that's stuff, right. all yeah, that. That's right. um, and that's, I mean, it was the best players. The stuff was was killer, and mm -hmm. even some of the the messages were beyond what I understood them as when I was listening to them the first time right. around, right. you know, like I've, I've gone from resenting it to seeing the value in it mm -hmm. for what it is. I think it's this, it's the same thing we were talking about before with like ideologies. I think it's mm -hmm. the ideologies and the people that think that that is the main goal is, is this staunch ideology. Right. Instead of the, the love and the freedom that it's supposed to bring, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. but it's not necessarily like what I want to put on to jam out all the time. <laughs> yeah, I've, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't listen to very much anymore. The most spiritual moments I've had were not in church. And I know, yeah, I know that. Absolutely. And I'm very confident in that. I don't, I don't feel like I have to argue that to people. Um, yeah. I don't owe anybody an explanation for my spiritual beliefs and, and my experiences, you know? Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think anybody who says that, ask them who Jesus hung out with. Yeah. Like, <laughs> straight up, yeah. like, who, who did Jesus hang out with? And then who did Jesus talk the most shit about? Mm -hmm. And Not that was the Pharisees. And yeah, exactly. The Pharisees and the people who were talking about the piety, how, how you were supposed to act. Those yeah. are the people that Jesus couldn't stand. And yes. he went out and hung out with the prostitutes and the tax collectors and all these yeah. people who, you know, that, that was the point of all of this is that it's it's not it's not about this outward demonstration of your perfection or 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 even striving for that perfection it's it's really a freedom in the brokenness of humanity and being able to sink into that and not not spin your wheels your whole life trying to be something that you can't be yeah. and just sitting into what you are and making the best of that yeah you know yeah oh yeah and then I think a lot of people end up putting on an act too. Oh yeah. So it's, it's like, but I, but I see through it because I've grown up in church and I know that mm -hmm. I know it's, you know, but yeah. I've always wondered what people, why do people cling to these ideologies? Why do they insist on living in a very strict way when they think that surely if I don't do all of these things and I pray 11 times a yeah. week or whatever, that God's going to reward you later. You know, it's, it's just this weird yeah. way to think. And I really think people cling to that because it gives them some sort of structure and exactly. to believe in an angry God 
if I serve an angry God, well, then I can be angry too. I can, I can yeah. lash out at people and I can be judgmental because my God is. So just, yeah. Righteous, righteous indignation is mm-hmm. how it's seen. Can't exactly. Express anything. Did you see that, um, the uh, Adele controversy? Oh yeah. I, I had some comments. Controversy. Controversy. I did. Um, I think I said, imagine the level of shit bag you have to be to hate on somebody for getting healthy. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I will say, I don't, I, sometimes there's, you know, there's celebrities that don't do everything healthy. They have access to a lot of things that yeah. us peons don't. But yeah. I think if someone chooses to do whatever they want with their body, they can do that. If someone yeah. wants to drastically lose a lot of weight, then they should do that. And it, and it sucks. You know what sucks is like the fact that her weight loss is the story. She's yeah. not, she's an amazing songwriter and an amazing art. I mean, why are we, I, I don't know if that's a gender thing. I, I like I, to I, think it's not, but it kind of seems yeah. like anytime a woman does something with her body, it's like, oh, front page news. But forget the fact that you're successful. Forget the fact that you make a crap ton of money or you, you, know, you do yeah. anything aside from that. A woman's appearance will always be talked about yeah. first before anything else. I think she became this this bastion. There is this group. Uh, there's this time where, you know, a few years back, it really came out to where it's like discussing physical health mm-hmm. was was equivalent to body shaming. Like that yeah. that term body shaming is like, well, like, okay, if you want higher risks of all of, of diabetes and all these other things, fine, go ahead. But yeah, you know ignoring the truth so that you feel good about yourself instead of being real with yourself doesn't help you or anyone around you. And if you're going to lash out at people for being honest and real about literally medical fact, told I had to lose weight. What? Well, I was, okay. Uh, My driver's license picture. I don't have it in here. I had this jaw. Well, it's covered by these neck pubes is what I call them. This I've been working on this beard for a little bit and it is so disappointing. It's congratulations. Thank you. Are you gonna um, donate that to charity too? Can you donate? <laughs> can you donate your beard to charity? Nobody wants Hold on, this. So who's gonna get your hair? That's the real question here. It is. It is. I don't know. Um, can you? I pick? just hope it's not. Um, I kind of have to go to a boy. Can it go to a girl? I think I can go to a girl. I mean, I've got. Or does it go to the CIA? Here. Are you sure it doesn't See, go to the CIA? I'm not sure, but uh, they already know everything about me. I'm a data privacy guy. You know, I, mm-hmm. I use VPNs. I use browsers that don't send everything that I'm looking at to everybody else. Cause I think, I think you have a right to curiosity too. You know, if, if, if I'm curious about what's going on in this board, I keep hearing about, you know, everyone's saying that this is full of, you know, uh, full of these and these and these things going on and I don't take them at their word. So I'm going to go search and see what's really going on for myself just because I'm curious and I, I want to have an intellectual understanding based on my own experiences rather than what someone else told me. Right. So, and I don't want to be, uh, you know, considered whatever would fall in line with somebody who's a part of that organization because I went to just look up what they have to say, you know, things like that. Right. Um, I, I, and it's something Andrew Yang has talked about too. And I think it's one of the great points he had was that your data is worth more than oil. I mean, this is before oil fell to zero dollars, but by and large, the amount that companies pay for your data is extraordinarily high, but you don't see a dime in that. He goes, when was the last time you got your data check? 
So you sound like <laughs> um, a crazy tinfoil hat person. You know what? Uh, do you have fluoride filters in your home? I use well water. Mm, so do we. Something oh. like that. But it's I use like fluoride-free toothpaste. <laughs> do you? I mean, look do at the science know? behind fluoride. So when I was, well, when I was um, like woke, I, I called a juice company. I called Dole. Mm -hmm. And I was on fire at this point. And I was like, I'm mm -hmm. so freaking smart. Um, and I just, wa I just watched a YouTube video on fluoride. So like I'm educated. So I called this juice company yeah. and turned into like an 18 year old Karen. And I was like, hi, I see that this, um, water here contains uh, purified wa This juice here contains purified water. Does yeah. this water contain fluoride? She said, let me check. So she comes back and she said, it contains a little bit of fluoride. And I found out through that lady that mm -hmm. most companies, I think it depends on the state in America are required to use municipal water. So most products mm -hmm. contain fluoride. Do you know how many states it's illegal to catch rainwater in? No. Is it illegal in Texas? No, I think Texas is legal. I think, I'm pretty sure. But uh, it's a, yeah. We were talking yeah. about your driver's license. Yeah, oh, I was significantly heavier in it. Um, I was probably like 25 pounds heavier or so. That's not um, significantly heavier. On my frame, that's, you can't compare that to like, uh, like an Adele weight loss, like a you know. Oh no no, but or twenty maybe it was more than that. Probably, How tall are you? I've, six two. Um, are you six two? Mm hmm. Um, are you sure? Yeah, very. Wait, you you don't believe me? No no no, I believe I believe you. The helmet just, adds two inches. Yeah okay. <laughs> Right. You're really 6'2". Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I can stand up. No, 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 it's fine. You don't need to, it's fine. I just, this memory popped in my head of you at, at our show and you were standing next to my dad and I want to say you were shorter. My dad's six foot. But, oh, I wasn't. Was he wearing boots? Yeah, he might've been actually. No, I'm, it's on my license, you can look. I will. I don't have my license. It's fine. I keep you don't have to, to prove your height to me. I lied on my license. <laughs> I said I was five six. I'm not five six. I'm like five. Oh. I'm probably five 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 four. For shame. No, I. Um, I'm trying to be cool, and I thought, what a great time to be imaginative. <laughs> on legal documents, it's a great time for it. No one really checks, and honestly, yeah, no, it's fine. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember where I was going with that. But like going back to entertainment, I, I mm -hmm. think in entertainment, you get used to being told what, cause you're putting yourself out there in front of a lot of people. And so you get yeah. all kinds of comments all the time from lots of people about how you look and, um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that was one thing. So Adam was like, look, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta lose some weight. And we went, I mean, we went running together and stuff. And I, that was nice of him to go running with you though. That's kind yeah. of nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Brian would come running too, and you know we'd meet up and just go jog around Town Lake, and and uh, it was fun. But you know, I it was a slow slow build. I was kind of healthier as I got younger, but it was that point in your early twenties where you start not necessarily um, body doesn't act the same way towards its inputs, <laughs> and uh, and as I was working at that coffee shop, there was a company called Rockstar Bagels. Mm -hmm. And they had these bagel dogs, which were these sausages wrapped in bagel dough. 
And if they, we get fresh ones every day and whatever was left over when I closed the shop up were mine. And nice. uh, I was eating those and, and my frame held more than I anticipated. But I mean, once I got healthy, it was like, oh, this is, I'm not going back. Like it's, mm. it feels so much better. Yeah. Um, but it was explained to me like, look, the, this formula, especially for the club shows is, you know, like, like in Austin, they, we had a pretty large college following. I mean, our, our following's all ages, but it's like, we have to be attractive. We have to have sex appeal. It has to be a sexy show. And, yeah. and, you know, guys are fine with that, but if it's not girls check out. Well, I mean, the, the whole formula is like, we, we draw, we're the bait for the bait is <laughs> kind of the, this cycle is like, and eh, this might be giving away too many secrets, but you know, no, we bring in, it. that's what this podcast is all about. I wanted to get the insider story on the spasmatics. So here we go. <laughs> this is not the insider story in spasmatics. <laughs> this is a fundamental formula for, you know, a show band is, um, is, is a money-making formula is, you know, be attractive, have your stuff together. That will bring in the girls who then bring in the guys. And that's the, the, the formula I see at a lot of these shows, these public shows would be, you know, there are groups of guys that would go down there because they knew there were going to be, you know, 50 college girls in, in the front area. And so these dudes with money go in there and trying to hit on these girls all the time and buying them mm. drinks and all that. And so that's this weird kind of economic loop that was um, kind of explained to me. And then I started seeing it at work. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah that's a thing. Wow. So. You learn so much about people and humanity at shows. You really do. Like just watching the way people interact and the way people interact yep. with you. Was and, that something and, you had to get used to? Like, so were you used to getting a lot of female attention growing up? And then when you got into the spasmatics, you were like, oh, this is nothing. Like I'm so used to this. Or did it freak you out? Like, did it kind of freak um, you out that all, oh, um, you want you want me to talk to you and you want me to like interact with you. I can do that. You know, I I think that I had some naivety where that go where's that's concerned. I uh, I had some major self esteem issues growing up, mm -hmm. and and the female attention I did get, I did not interpret as what it was. I mean, looking back, I can obviously see where there was a lot more than I thought I had. Yeah, but um, you know, it was the people pleaser in me was much more like, I'm a friendly person. I like talking to people. And I assumed that every, a lot of other people were in that same place. I wasn't necessarily thinking about other motives or I wasn't yeah. thinking, Oh, they're talking to me for, because they want this. Like that's not, that's yeah. not, didn't enter my mind at all. Yeah. Um, when I started doing spaz, I was around a lot more. I mean, I'd been in other bands too, that were pretty decently sized yeah. before spaz. And, uh, and I, gotten some Attention. in that as well and and got a little bit used to being able to isolate what was what you know mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but I think that more than anything I got when someone was curious or had something to say or if they were just trying to start a conversation because they were interested you know yeah um and I'm it just depends I mean sometimes I'm I've been in the place where I will go down that path, but I enjoy talking to people and I, I, I didn't want to lead people on if that were the situation, you know, I try to be honest. And, um, yeah, yeah. But I, you know, 
you never want to be that person who assumes that someone's talking to you for those reasons. Yeah, no, I know. So I was like, I mean, I remember my first gigs in clubs and like around, I was, I was 18, but I was also very, very naive. And when it came to like attention and males and I didn't know how males operated. And I was like, you know, this goofy, I, I was, I think those homeschool tendencies really stick stuck to me and they still kind of yep. have. So I walk yep. into a lot of social situations like, God, I hope you like me, but I'm still wanting to be on stage. So it's like a weird thing. But I remember not understanding um, like guys, you know, staring at you up and down and, and wanting to dance with you. And I didn't know why. And I was like, well, why? And, and the attention was very foreign to me because I was not, I mean, I wasn't the like, I don't think in high school when I played, I was this like cute and I wasn't trying to be Lauren when I was, you know, as I was, yeah. as much as I was when I was 18. So when I started playing yeah. in, you know, clubs and opening for people, um, I was very freaked out by the react. Not, it's not saying I was some beauty queen that was like, oh, there she is. It wasn't like that. It was just, I was putting myself out there and I was wearing more makeup and I was wearing shorter yeah. dresses because we knew, okay, if I do that- I'm going to, I'm going to, cause you want attention. That's the goal, right? Yeah. I get attention. Yeah. I get, yeah, you don't, you don't go out and play shows to have nobody look or pay attention. Like, mm -hmm. that's, <laughs> but it, it is, it is something that you do have to get used to. Um, yeah. and even now, you know, you get like, um, it's, it's weird because I don't ever, I don't like to interact with people. Um, you can always tell when somebody, when some guy's like not interested in your music, they just like want to talk to you. You know, it's like, well, if you're not going to talk about my music, I don't really want to talk to you that long, you know? And it's weird yeah. having to create those social lines because you don't want people to not like you or think that you're being rude. Like, oh, well, yep. well I watched your set, you know, I watched your set. And so I owe them a conversation suddenly. Um, yeah. And those were a lot of things that I had to like figure out. Um, I think that, yeah, the, the the amount of people that paid $10 to see you and then feel like they own you for that $10 uh -huh, uh -huh. is is immense. I mean... Isn't it weird? Yeah, there some handle it better than others. I, <laughs> I um, But when you're a people pleaser, it's... You, yeah. You don't know how to take things because you're just like, I don't, yeah. I really just don't want to piss you off. I that's all you can think in that mind is I'm not trying to offend you. I just don't yeah. want to freaking talk to you because you're, yeah. you know. That's when you have that bag of like, hey, I got to go check on this thing or so-and-so is waiting me for this. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, you've got your, your nice outs. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's tough because the, I did find myself getting stuck in conversations that I'd rather not be having. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, I, I do like learning about people in general and humanity. And so even yeah. if there's someone who I'm not necessarily like, I wouldn't go seek out a conversation. It's like, oh, let's, let's, I'll, I'll talk. What's up? You know? Yeah. And I've, I've ended up, um, I ended up with a really good friend actually, who is someone who I would have seen across the room and judged as someone that I would have nothing to say to. Really? And, uh, yeah. And I ended up, hitting it off and became really good friends, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, we're totally different people, but you know, that, that's, uh, friends. Yeah. And, and I think in a performance, in a performance situation, there's something that happens where it changes people's perception and they think that the performance is who you are. Right. And, and inside, you know, that's not the truth. Like, 
or not the complete truth at least you know right. like the stage persona has all of the confidence in the world and and is always funny and is all these you know and is proficient in all these things yeah. but the reality of a human can't be those things all the time yeah and so did you ever feel pressure to like not turn off for people like I know for me, when people see you on stage, they think, especially for you, they think that you're like that all the time. Like you're jumping around and doing these high kicks and in a good mood and so sarcastic. Yeah. That's not, that's not how you are all the time. You know, yeah. when you, when you perform for a job, it becomes a switch. It's like I can turn, absolutely, I can turn this on and then I can be, you know, I can be chill. And yeah. I don't think a lot of people want to deal with the chill. Yeah. Right. I think that's a, that's a big thing. I, uh, so when I started, I, I got married young. When I started doing spaz, I was married. And, uh, and that was something that my ex had to like, it was a big deal because she was like, everybody else gets this other you, you know, when you're at work or doing these things, they get this excited, friendly person who's always, you know, and then I just get you and I'm like, I, I, I'm sorry that this is me, you know, <laughs> like this yeah. is, uh, but you know, it's exhausting having to necessarily have that, like it, even at a coffee shop, you know, in customer service, like having to be friendly all the time. I yeah. can't be like, fuck you want. Yeah, like, yeah, right, that right, doesn't, right. you can't do that. Even yeah. if I'm having that kind of day, that's not yeah. how you talk to people. No, it's so true. And, it's, so but true. I mean, I think but then that, especially that I, I feel for you because your persona is so fun. Like who wouldn't want to be friends with Joey? You know, like that's, yeah. you see your persona on stage. It's like, you know, you're just like that. It's so attractive to people. And yeah. you know, who wouldn't want to be around that all the time? So I, can yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, I've, I've definitely spent a lot of time in isolation. You know, I have the few friends that stick around that have, stuck around but it's tough when you have a lot of friends you know yeah. or people that you keep up with and they're these casual relationships and every real relationship takes time and and investment and you know for the last you know 10 years do it well i was you know doing it really heavy for seven you know my every single night i'm keeping up with those little casual relationships at this bar or the bartender I know or this, you know, and, yeah. and keep, and it's, it was kind of the existence of my social life was this kind of smattering of, of, of people that, you know, you try to keep up with here and there, but yeah. um, having like a few close friends is, I, I feel like so much more important. And then I was able to kind of find a balance to where I was like, okay, I can let these relationships be what they are here. I can let the, you know, the fans who have this assumption of who I am, I can let them have that assumption and I can give them that interaction, right. you know, and, and let them have that personality off stage for a little bit because right. five minutes of my time means so much more to them than it does to me, right. you know, in that, like, I'm going to get my time, but right here I'm doing this thing and, you know, I'm lucky, not lucky, but blessed enough to where the thing that I'm doing, people want to be a part of and people want to get a piece of, you know, and that's yeah. like, that's not easy to come by. Yeah. And, and I, I want to give back because it's without those people that can't happen, you know? Yeah. And so, um, 
I see that as part of the cost of uh, doing this is if you, if you want to bring people into the thing you're doing, allow them to be in the thing you're doing on some level. I mean, there's a line. You have to know where your boundaries are in order to be comfortable there. Right, right. And really having those set up or else it can get real dangerous. But having clear boundaries makes it easy to allow people to kind of come into the, the place that you're okay with for a little bit. And yeah. that can be a 10 minute conversation backstage about whatever. And you're going to see the excitement on someone's face. They're getting to talk to this person. And, and I know that off stage, whatever, like I'm not Joey, I'm Joe. I'm just this dude who plays music and does this stuff. Yeah. But you know, it's, it, that doesn't mean that like if, if I had a kid and took him to Six Flags and he wanted to get a t- picture of Tweety Bird, I'm not going to be like, that's not Tweety Bird. That's some <laughs> teenage kid who's probably an asshole. Like, you know, like that's, that's oh, not what you yeah, do. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, and I think you know, people, when we, like, I, it's like if I met any of my stars, my favorite celebrities, it's the way they make you feel, right? And yeah. it's like this, this fantasy around that person. It's like, yeah. Um, that's I think what people are projecting on probably mm-hmm. you is like you made me feel really good and so that yeah. means a lot to them and and then if someone sees you every week or they see you once a month or whatever they only associate you with good feelings you know so that's right right it's a blessing and a curse um yeah. but it's but it's always been really fascinating to me um and then watching you guys with your fans is so cool too you guys like stand there and take pictures for forever um and that's really special because I've met some people that do not treat their fans nicely. And that really pisses me off. I've definitely played alongside people who truly do believe that they are better. And they just, the other people, the fans annoy them. And it's just like, ugh, these people who just want so much from me. And it's like, you're going to get to go home. Like, yeah. you're going to go get to be your life. But right now, like, you get, you're so lucky that this is your job. You get to do this for a living. You could and, be cleaning skyscraper windows and you're not. Right. And the fact that someone's really excited. Now, on the other side, there are a lot of people who are completely disrespectful and fans oh, I've who seen, have I, no I, boundaries. I went to a spaz show and I watched a lady spank, I think, Zach. And yeah. I was like, how is that? Okay. Older yeah. women. Anyway, that shocked yeah. me. Because if a man did that to me, I'd call the cops. But Oh, yeah. I've started calling late. I mean, <laughs> I, ooh, I've had some Have you ever had older women. Before? Yes. I what do you have, do about it? Um, okay. So I've had a few different scenarios. There's like this one time where this teacher was in front who kept trying to like grab my balls teacher? every time I came up to the front. Yeah. Wait, it was like why, a teacher's is... conference. And she, why? They, they, was she drunk? Yes. But so that's not an excuse. Control yourself. No, no, no. I know that. Adult. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> just your actions. I'm no, I know. I'm... <laughs> because, but the truth is, if someone yeah. did that to me, it would be 100% unacceptable. You know? Right. And they, they think, and so. But I think I, it's like, think oh, it was... he's, it's a guy, so I can just do whatever. Right. Like, he can take it. Yeah. And we are, we're doing, you know, uh, sexual movements with our bodies and whatnot. And, and I think. So they it's think your fault. Like, you brought that on yourself. Yeah. Right, they think we're Chippendales, light or whatever. What were you? And, uh, what were you wearing? Because that sounds like it's shorts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you brought khakis? it on yourself then. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, the, uh, the I remember, like I ended up having her thrown out. Like, how'd you do that? I I literally you- asked her a couple times, you know, to stop in person, and then at one point I got on the mic and was like, I called her out in front of everybody. In character, out of character. 
I mean, I think I've typically found pretty creative ways to be funny to everybody else while making someone feel like infinitesimally small for what they've done. Like, I'm, I like words, I'm a wordsmith. When I write, I, I really spend a lot of time crafting what I say. Okay, like, I, that's a good I, way to live your life though. For better or worse, I'm able to take like one sentence and cut someone into a million pieces with it if I want to. Okay. And that's, 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 I've done damage with that, <laughs> but it's a useful tool if you know how to control it. Yeah. Um, and I've used that in ways to where I can be laser focused in my criticism of somebody while keeping everybody on board and thinking something's funny. And I've, I've studied a lot of stand-up comedy and, and seen the way they handle hecklers and all that. And I think I've, I've seen the people who do that the best. And I've always respected the, the creative and artistic ways in which they've done that. Okay. Now, the one time I remember I was off stage and this one lady literally like slapped me across the face, just full, just smack. Why? And uh, she was trying to flirt with me and I was moving along. Okay. She was with this guy and kind of drunk and wanting to be touchy and stuff. Where and was, I was just like, I took a picture that, and I was by like, the okay. Way. Like, what? Where in was Austin. This? Okay. It was at Cedar Street. I was hoping it was and, in the uh, valley. Thank God. Okay, go ahead. No, they're very handsy in the valley, though. Oh, they are? Very handsy. Yeah. Very handsy. After, you know, you tell me all these stories and you've, you've obviously, you're really experienced. You've done this for forever. Um, well, not forever, but a large chunk, right? What advice do you have for maybe like, what are the key things a, a person should know before they enter the music industry or they want to be a full-time musician? What would you advise to them? Um, know your craft. First mm -hmm. and foremost, know your craft. Um, all the personality stuff is big, but you know, on some level, people put up with people who are difficult if they are good enough. Um, people don't have a lot of time for people who have more to say and less to do. Right. Um, but that being said, if your craft is under control, then be pleasant to be around because the inverse of what I just said is there are people who aren't the best, but will get chosen because they're more enjoyable to be around. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're in a band situation, you have to hang out with someone all the time. You don't want to hang out with someone who thinks they're so awesome and can't stand lesser beings in existence around them. That's not a recipe for things going well. There's no such thing as a lesser being. Right. <laughs> Tell that to some of the people I've played with. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, have your, have your humility in check. Um, mm. And then as far as, I mean, I think performance and writing are a little two different worlds. Yeah. I think they both have their own things. With performance, um, don't worry about who you are off stage. Yeah. Um, so much because you're allowed to have a different persona. You really are. Yeah. You're, you know, your, your insecurities, your, uh, your worries, your concerns, leave them off stage. You know, you're, once you get on stage, you are whoever you want to be and, and you have total freedom. And the thing that people connect with more than anything 
is that freedom. And that freedom can be freedom to be 100% yourself. It doesn't have to be someone else. You don't have to leave that. You can share your vulnerabilities. You can talk about where this song came from. Yeah. You can, you know, maybe, maybe your guard is what you leave off stage. Maybe your walls are what you leave and you just allow yourself to be completely exposed and open for who you are. And that's what people connect with. Yeah. But what people don't connect with is a wall of some sort. Um, you know, people can feel it if you are separating yourself off from them in whatever way you feel like you need to do it. And, right. and the, the, what's the word? I'm like, disingen- disingenuous, disingenuity, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever word that would be. One of those variations yeah. of that sound. Yeah. Um, that, that is the, that'll kill your career like that. Yes. And I think Um, it's also, not that I have, (laughs) let me add to to your years of experience with my minute amount of experience. Um, No, no. I think audiences really do see through. um, Yeah. Crap. They really do see through. It's really um, arrogant to think that you're smarter than like the masses or whatever. Um, Yeah. Because I have found that that's not true. There are times where I've thought like, like I got, I can, I can trick people or I can, um, not trick, but um, fool people into thinking I was something that I wasn't. And I think people will instantly pick up on whether you're being genuine or not. And it will will affect the size of your audience completely. Yeah. Some of my, and uh, same thing when you're writing too, like if you're thinking about what somebody else wants versus being honest with yourself, you're doing not only yourself, but you're the people who actually want to listen to who you are such a big disservice like one of my favorite like electronic musicians Mm -hmm. i I remember i've always when i hear heard synths and stuff i always thought of them through the filter of a guitar okay how do i make these sounds with a guitar right um because that was my instrument yeah and then there's this one record i heard where i was like i don't know how one of these sounds were made right and it was like it was so incredible to me that i wanted to learn everything about synths and if that, and such, such weird sounds and, and so many weird things in that record, if right. he had worried about what he thought someone wanted to listen to mm-hmm. versus creating that thing that was so out there, right. he would have, you know, I would not have been able to have that experience with that record. Right. And, you know, that's, that's something I think, be 100% you and the people who get it will want to be a part of it. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, you can only fake it so long. Yeah. And that way you know that your fans are actually your fans. They're not fans of what, you know, this this thing that you've built that isn't you. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's one of the things that I know that I'm happy with the way that I handled the spaz stuff is that even my character, Joey, is literally just me times 10. So any connection people felt to that was I really put a lot of myself into that, you know? Yeah. And so I I feel okay with that. I don't feel like I was being disingenuous. No. No. Who doesn't so. love Joey though? That character is just iconic. <laughs> it is. Uh, I just, some boyfriends. And then <laughs> some boyfriends. Well they're better because they could never they could never be what he is. Uh no, I, I think yeah, that's that's that character is four year old me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, 
my stage, my stage persona, I don't think it's really a persona, but it's, I remember being young and like, I was told, oh, she, you can kind of sing. But one thing that I always loved doing was singing to people. And um, mm-hmm. I've gotten way more experimental over the years, you know, like, I'm like, well, can I get away with this? And is this okay if I do? And I never wanted something to feel forced, but I've always yeah. let like adrenaline kind of lead me to, um, but everything that I express on stage is exactly how I'm feeling. None of that's forced. Like yeah, I for sure. really am excited every time I play because it, yeah. it, I mean, this is so cheesy, but it truly is a blessing because it's like, I don't have to, because of this, I don't have to go work in a cubicle. I don't have to go, um, you know, do something that I, I di- didn't really want to do. I get to do this and that yeah. this makes me feel so good and all the crap and all of the business stuff I do on the side and the, the wrestling and the hustling and the, and the feeling inferior is worth it once I get on stage. And it's like, yeah, I like this and I can it's, do this the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's allowing for the symbiotic relationship of a performer and the crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have to give to get back and once you, once you just truly kind of give and people see the, the, see what you're giving, Right. And respond to it, then no matter necessarily what you're feeling, that energy fuels you and then it just kind of kickstarts like a siphon, you know, right. and it, it, right. um, and there are those times and that's where professionalism comes in where you're getting nothing. I mean, we've done private parties where there's 10 people standing 30 feet away with a drink they haven't touched or there's no alcohol there. So have like, you done, oh, sorry, so have you done a spasmatic show where no one was responding? Oh yeah. Why? Oh, yeah. How? Because they didn't hire us their company did and they have no idea what's happening they it's you know yeah but the thing is that's some of my favorite is because i love i love being able to look at um someone not knowing what's going on and and thinking this is dumb and going you're wrong and i'm gonna prove you wrong yeah you know in my mind and and that's one of my favorite things is watching someone whose face when we start is like, ugh, I hate 80s. What are these? This is stupid in these costumes. Or they think it's like a and, joke. It's you Yeah. Know, but they don't right. give it a chance. And then seeing them just Transform. kind of make fun of it to the people around them. And then, you know, 45 minutes later, they're dancing to wake me up before you go, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that's, ha ha, got that's you. That's such a good, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause it's, it's, it makes me step it up. I mean, I think that's the difference between a performer who's, uh, who knows, who's been around and, and owns it. Mm-hmm. Cause you know that it's, it's up to you. Like you're the show. You're not getting there to be inter- You're not there to be entertained by the crowd. The crowd is not there to blow smoke up your ass. The crowd's right. there to be entertained. Yeah. You know? It's your job to, to make them yeah. feel um, something. I listened to your first podcast when you invited me. You did? And I I did. And, you did? Uh, I did. When people ask me that, oh gosh, I think of oh, the audio and that was so yappy. I was like, I hope he doesn't listen to it. Please don't. Not that <laughs> I love the guy. I love Omar, but my voice was so annoying. I did like um no, stereo not at all. recording. Oh god. Okay, but yes, you listened to it, okay? And um so I think it's just I'm listening. You can I listen. just realized it's dark again and I have this. Perfect. Why didn't you bring that on like 10 minutes ago? Because I have not been looking at myself in the image. <laughs> I oh. just, it's, it's light enough in here, but my, uh, but my, 
my, my room feels pretty light, but it's not showing up on the camera, so. Um, I see. Come on. Ah, the clip broke. That's where it was down. Okay. And the charger from my other, I didn't think we would be in the dark. This is an interesting Sorry. little spotlight here. No, it's okay. Um, well, well, you should we get a ring light or a lamp. Yeah, I actually have, I have an entire like photo studio full of things, but I, this is my music studio, so it's not set up for that. I see. Um, well, and I said podcast, so I think a lot of yeah. people assume like it's just going to be um, the audio. audio, and I always yeah. bring in video with me. So like, back to what you were saying about my podcast with Omar, what were you going to say about it? Oh, yeah. That uh, was like I, four conversations <laughs> ago. And so right. I think you were quoting, you quoted somebody, I think it might have been Mark Rible, uh -huh. um, who, you didn't say who it was, but I saw the same thing on Twitter and he was talking about how um, anybody who like blames the city they're in for like having a bad show, like yeah. be fucking better, like uh -huh. step your shit up. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. It's not their fault that you're not like... So that's so many people are so entitled to think well as soon as i get on a stage i'll be a rock star right and everybody will fall for and, and love what i'm doing and it's like what existence do you live in that's not how any of this works yeah um you gotta earn it you're you're a crappy person if you blame your audience are you like, yeah i just don't think like that i've I, I come from church i don't i've never thought like that i've, I've never blamed people for not liking me you know, yeah. but I, th I don't know if that's connected to like when we're in school and we, when we don't feel special, I mean, I always felt special, but yeah. <laughs> I was homeschooled. Um, but when you go, when you're in public school and you, you're like, well, they don't like me. So the problem was with them. You know, it's not, it's yeah. not me. The problems with yeah. those people, there's, there couldn't be anything possibly wrong with my music or my, my attitude. Yeah. It's gotta be you. Um, I but I, that's why I hate the expression "be yourself" because sometimes be your yourself is a shitty person, and you shouldn't be well, that. You yeah, <laughs> I think I think oh, I think be yourself, but also give people the chance to react to who that self is. Yeah, you know, because yeah. I mean, if and that's one of the things that's where I really agree with you know Jordan Peterson's main point that he you know is he got pinned to the right about it's like look you know, they, they say he supports hate speech and it's like, no, he supports speech in general, being able to speak. Yeah. It's like, you know, um, low is mixed. And mm -hmm. if we were on a road trip, I would, and we stopped at a gas station, mm -hmm. I would rather there be, um, a bunch of, you know, racist things on the outside of that store. So I could know not to take her in that store right. than to go in there and then have these people treat her a certain way right you know it's like no like let people know like if you don't have the freedom to show that you're an asshole it doesn't make you not an asshole it just makes you a secret asshole and yeah. then you don't get a chance to be confronted by your assholeness by people who see it and have something to say about it yeah you know, i think conversation is how we work through problems and even people who have really really dumb ideas about things right um they sometimes it's not their fault right yeah they could come from really dumb parents who taught them those bad ideas and they need people to be honest with them to help them right. evolve their way of thinking about things mm -hmm. and telling them that they're not allowed to speak these things just makes them resentful and right. dig down into these things harder yeah. i'm all about allowing failure i have failed so hard in so many things but through that i've learned and some some things i've 
I've seen myself repeat mistakes too and go, well, shit, I can't believe I did that again. Right. And, right. You know, but it's the ability to make those mistakes that helps you grow. Uh huh. So I don't know. Yeah. And then when you give the power to somebody else to tell you what is a mistake and what isn't, then it's beholden to whatever bureaucracy then makes the decision on what you should and shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's like cancel culture, you know, like, um, it's, it's crazy because you enter a time where nothing's acceptable anymore. Um, yeah, it's selectively though. People will still listen to David Bowie and Led Zeppelin, even though they are known to have, they both dated the same 14 year old girl. Like, uh-huh. and it's known, like, however, that's, no one's going to call them out because people like Led Zeppelin and people love David Bowie. And, yeah. you know, you can separate out what people have done from who the people are. I think with art, that's, that's necessary or nothing right. can exist right. because humans are all broken. Yeah. Yeah, that's like there's a lot of artists that people stop listening to. I think um, Brian, Brian, Ryan Adams, Ryan Adams, he did a version. Yeah, yeah. he was, I mean. Yeah, like, he covered 1989, right? Yeah. Have you heard it? Yeah, I'm a you Ryan like, Adams fan. You, you like that album? It's amazing. Have you heard the originals? Huh. Uh, I've heard no. some of it. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've listened to some Taylor. Don't, don't. I, uh. I think that most hate for most things is people don't feel cool and they think that if they diss something that they're supposed to diss They'll feel cool. or yeah, it's like they're, they're cool by association. It's like, if I say, I don't like this before you tell me I'm not supposed to like this, then I'm cool. Like, it's like, yeah. uh, you know, I had, a, I have a friend that um, got a job in this a pretty cool recording studio out in West um, the Hill country. And yeah. he was, he was, he told me he was working on some project and it was, it was something like, it was not cool. It wasn't what his version of cool was. Right. And he said something about it. And the producer was just like, learn how to fucking like music. Like yeah. that was his <laughs> response to him. Yeah. was like, stop judging. Like your judgment doesn't matter and it doesn't make you cool. It just makes you bitter. Right. Like it's, you right. know like give and, different sounds a, a chance yeah and i have i have my opinions on things i hear i can say i hear right through that that is not genuine it's whatever it is and it doesn't serve me but then again there might be somebody who experienced all of the things that that person wrote about in that song and that song changes their life and i'm not going to take that away from them because it does nothing for me intellectually is a song you know? not genuine because you don't identify with it um Like I, I, I've thought about this a lot because there's a lot of songs on the radio, right. That I make fun of, you know, like I make yeah. fun of dirt road songs. I make fun of, I make fun of them. When we yeah. talk about bro country, that's really, but you've heard of the term bro country before, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I make fun of, I used to make fun of people that listened to songs that I didn't identify with, but yeah. I felt like when I did that, I was, this is, but this is how I feel. This is what I think. When you make fun of what people listen to, like if the way I feel when I listen to Dixie Chicks or the way I feel when I listen to like Nitty Gritty Dirt Band or whoever, or mm-hmm. anybody, people have a right to feel that with whatever sound they feel. And I hate when people say like, that's not real music. That's not real music. That's not real music. It's yeah. like, well, 
I don't think it's real music, but to those, oh, I'll never forget. I was at this radio station and um, I was doing an interview. I forget where, I think I was Lubbock. No, 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 I was in Midland. I was in Midland. And I went into the station and I, um, this was a, this was a big deal. So this station played Nashville and Texas country. A lot of the stations I go to just play Texas. Um, so when you, when you play Nashville, you're kind of like not, you're not cool anymore. So, cause Texas can't stand Nashville and Nashville doesn't so care. I know it's so dumb. Nashville, <laughs> yeah. Nashville does not care at all. They, they don't care. So, um, this little girl called in and she's like, I want to hear Florida Georgia line, which would be so lame in a lot of Texas communities. And this DJ goes, that's a good one. I'm going to play that. And I just, I cried later. Cause I was like, for so long, I made fun of people that listen to music like that. And that little girl sounded so excited that she was going to hear Florida. Georgia. Yeah. So I never yeah. again made fun of whatever people listen to. Like if it's freaking, you know, I don't, I don't know. What, what, what would you make? I don't even know what you make fun of because <laughs> there's a reason we're drawn to the music that we're drawn to. There's a, there's a psychological yeah. reason. And so why would I make fun of someone for blasting right. like the top 40 pop? There's a reason they like it. And so be it, that makes them feel something. Yeah. I think where going back to your question about the gen genuine, what, I, yeah, <laughs> like there's, there are plenty of things where you can tell that the purpose of this was to sell a product. Mm -hmm. It wasn't for anybody to um, convey any emotional depth or telling right. a story or anything. It was right. literally, I mean, think, think Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Like they were put together by this really creepy dude who wanted to make a bunch of money. You see that documentary was, on YouTube? I yeah, forget the name of it. That yeah. was really cool. I've seen some stories, but, but you know, you hear this stuff and you see it and you've got, these masses who are idolizing these people and it's like there's so much other stuff that they could be listening to or had a chance to open themselves up to or experience but instead this is taking the place it's 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 supplanting it it's like imagine you know you had a couple really good restaurants near town and then mcdonald's came up and bought all the restaurants and just put mcdonald's there instead yeah so where yeah. you know if you either had to like cook good food for yourself or know someone who made good food or right. McDonald's, right? you know, and that's, that's kind of, I've got some bitterness because of what it does to genuine art and people, you know, I'm all about people having a good time and enjoying things. Obviously, right. I mean, I'd be a total right. hypocrite if I didn't think that there was a place for that. Yeah. But it makes me sad to think that people are, get shut off to, these other things because these things are so loudly shoved in their face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and it's. In yeah. all fairness, NSYNC was amazing. So. Hey. Um, I called them the Dancy Boys. And the Dancy Boys? The Dancy Boys when I was young girl. The like, Dancy. The Dancy Boys are on TV. And oh, Justin nice. Timberlake is super talented, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I think still in the end, it's, it's kind of hard for me to, um, like, okay, one thing I can't stand is going places and watching people constantly on their phone. It yep. bothers, it makes me physically upset. I hate it. But then at the end, I'm like, I don't think there's a way around that, you know? Yeah. So I think, I think about conforming and I think about things that are shoved in our face. It's, it's our, our phone screens, right? And people mm -hmm. need them. We rely on them. So you know, as much as I want to check mine into a river and I'm going to the moment I can, um, mm -hmm. I guess I'll have to decide when that is, <laughs> but, yeah. um, but as much as I want everybody to do that, they're not going to do that, you know? Right. And so I think the same right. way with music, it's like, so what, you know, these songs were made in and, and whatever intent they were made with, 
they still, they resonate with people in some way. I mean, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and that's like I said, not I don't everybody's take that cool away. and lives in Austin and knows all the indie bands. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I take that as, you know, it's, uh, not everybody cooks really amazing stuff. You know, some people know what tastes good to them, but they only have, they own, their only reference point is what they've tried. Right. And that's so true. if, if, if that's you're true. an expert chef, you don't go up to someone and say, you're stupid for not liking this thing that I know is really awesome. Right. You go, oh, you like this kind of stuff. Check this out. I have something that I think you're going to love. Wait till you try this. You're going to, yeah. you're going to love this thing. And so you take it as an opportunity to expand somebody's um, consciousness toward a, a topic that you have more knowledge yeah. in, yeah. or, or maybe you have a deeper vocabulary of, yeah. and let me serve slowly them try to make you down. think like me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the, yeah, for sure. I mean, for, for me, because it's the it's way like, I think is way better than the way you think you <laughs> white trash pee on with your Oreos and your freaking Florida Georgia line. Yeah. Hey, I'll take some Oreos. Um, and you know what, that's, Georgia. you know, we played, we played one of the inauguration balls in Washington DC with big and rich. Did you really? And, yeah. When was and this? Uh, it was one of Trump's inauguration parties. It was the one. The spasmatics at, played there. Yeah, it was. No it was way. One of, it was put on by, I think, it, like Magnum Entertainment Group. I think they do a lot of stuff. We've played a few times here at the Howard Whoa. Theater in DC. What was that um, like? It was cool. I've gotten to play some really cool places. I got to play the Fillmore in Philadelphia with uh, Spaz B. Yeah. So maybe tell me what you like to do outside of music. Um. So I, I like to mountain bike. I haven't been doing that as much lately. Um, You're outside into crypto? of, yeah, I am. I'm into crypto. You have secret creepy um, Twitters. <laughs> I, it's not creepy. No, it's, it's not uh, creepy. It's totally, it's totally not creepy to be anonymous on Twitter. Well, one of the reasons is for crypto stuff. When you're doing crypto, um, it can attract a lot of creepy, scammy people. Why is that? Because it's money that people think they have a chance to access. Okay. That's 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 enough right there. <laughs> okay. Um, they don't know how much you have or how much you don't have, but they'll try to get it from you. Um, yeah. So now that I've doxed myself here. Uh, you didn't you say know, your username or anything? No, but... Yeah, that's, that's, I think, I'm a big fan of um, hard money principles. <laughs> right. That's, sorry, I just, I hear how nerdy I am as I say it. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I do genuinely love, like, getting into synths a few years ago was a really cool way to, like, refresh my inspiration toward music because I'd been playing so much music, so much all the time that I, when I got home, the last thing I want to do is pick up a guitar or something, you know? Right. And, and diving into these synths has really expanded my creativity and things trigger different things. And then all of a sudden I have a song and it's a song that I never thought I would sound like, Yeah. But I really enjoy it. And, you know, um, it's, it's really cool because it's allowed me to, I think, be more, um, reactionary to the mm -hmm. stuff I'm doing mm -hmm. where I can go like, Oh, I, and just chase stuff I like without overthinking what somebody else is going to like or, or judging it too, too harshly. Cause I, 
I literally actively judge everything I'm doing as it's coming out, unless yeah. I can somehow get out of that mode. And they yeah. really help that. So spending was, time in here being creative. I think when you are, as you're, especially like when you're writing, when I'm writing, I instantly, when I write something, I compare it to something I've heard. Like, it's not that oh, good. Yeah. I can say it better. Um, I can make that sound better. And so everything you write is essentially shit because it's like, it's never going to be as good as the, what I want it to be, you know? Right. And it just makes I, you feel crappy because you're like, this is the best I can come up with. And I call myself a professional. This is the best I can come up with, you know? Yeah. I, I think I figured out on some level what it is. It's, you know, there's that, that kind of wa uh, wonder and awe of magic. It's like the reason that magic is fun, because even though you know it's a trick, Mm -hmm. is because you don't know how that trick was done. If you right. just know exactly what everyone's doing, you're just watching some dude moving around on stage mm -hmm. or whatever, and it's just not what's there. Right. And with music, it's kind of the same thing. There's this thing where you hear something that's done and you're like, oh, that's, that's amazing. I want to do that. Right. And, but if you understand it and you're able to do it and put it together, it's much, much harder to be impacted by it because you're like, well, if I can do it, then you know, it doesn't have that same like wonderment to you right if it came from you right. and so it's it's you got to be able to reconcile that you know like for me i'll play something and i will hear every single influence that it came from and and think that influence did it better or did this thing better or did right. that right and instead of understanding that maybe i'm the only person in the world who combined this person and that person's influence and it's going to be its own thing mm -hmm. and that somebody else may really connect to it so are you writing a record right now I mean, are you just, are, do you, are you not putting a goal on, on it? Yeah, I, I think sometimes when you um, put a goal on things or like a deadline of, or, or try to create right. something doesn't go well. Cause then you're in a rush. I think, yeah, I've been trying to just really create, um, stream of conscious with, with things and, uh, stream of consciousness and whatever through that, you know, I don't really connect with if I have it done, then these are things I will be submitting for sync and placements and all that, that I have no attachment to, or maybe right. have another project. Like I, I love doing some electronic dance stuff, which is totally not the same as this other stuff that I do, but right. they don't really belong next to each other on a record. So, right. you know, I will have something or finish it and then decide what to do with it from there. Right. And I've, I think that's going to be a better approach for me, or it has been a better approach than me trying to fit everything into a box because then I'm stuck judging it as it's coming out. So yeah. if I can get it out and then figure out, okay. And if, if something I really connect to, like there was a new uh, software that was released, a new DAW from Universal Audio. And I, I started a song in there to see what the workflow was like the day it came out. And I love that song. Like it's, it's a song that I did that I'm, I feel really proud of. Right. And there's a song I did you know, earlier that day that is cool, but I don't feel anything for it. Right. You know, so right. I think allowing, allowing yourself to have these different things and then picking the things that actually resonate and like you're happy about or you're happy listening to, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. that, those things I think will go on a record, you know? Yeah. I, I, I think there's, there's a really, there's a line that, um, that you have to carefully walk between, you know, doing what you love for a living and forgetting why the fuck you fell in love with it in the first place. <laughs> like, and that's, that's something that if you're not doing things the way you want to do them, or you're not proud of what's happening and you don't feel like this is what I wanted, you're right. like, this is just what's happening because it happened to me. 
mm -hmm. um, you are going to very, very quickly and easily fall to that side yeah. of, you know, what, what did I get myself into? I'm, and then you, the resentment comes maybe before you even notice it. Like, and, yes. and, you know, I think I would rather be doing manual labor and have the freedom to let my mind wander and be yeah. creative. And then, you know, all the stuff I was thinking about all day, get home and, and get it out. And then if somebody resonates with that, if they connect to it and want to listen to it, then awesome. Right. You know, I see what you're then, saying. Yeah. And that's have the place I've gotten Have you done manual labor to. before? Oh yeah. I, I started working full time at 14 years old. Um, what? I worked, yeah, I worked at a medical equipment company Did at you 14. Really? That was the legal age in Kentucky. Yeah. So I've, I've been working since then and I, uh, you know, I started playing music full time at 17. Wow. So in since then I've had a couple jobs here and there, but they've been, you know, supplemental. Nothing's been like a career I tried to develop. It was all just like, oh, music's slow right now, so I'm gonna pick up this job. But um I always kind of had the laser focus of what I wanted to do. And yeah. you know, it's feast or famine and I wanted to eat. We were meeting parents and families or or children, and there's a lot of them, like adult children, that did they were they're love and their desires were not nurtured and that's very sick to be around it's 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 horrible mm -hmm. and then people yeah. look at you like you're the weirdo like you're oh oh like you sing that's cute your parents support it that's really cute but we're doing the real work like we're gonna go to nursing right. school we're gonna go be lawyers you right. you're that's cute that's a phase and you'll grow out of it like, right i'm not going to i yeah. don't want to <laughs> You know, yeah. and so no, I don't have a plan B. I don't have a plan B. I don't have an education, so there's no yeah. plan B. Um, yeah. But that just makes you kind of uh, really, really work at plan A. Well, and um, I've been, I've been going, I've been educating myself at home my yeah. whole life. So it's like right. I never, I, I don't th education to me. The big line in our co-op was the world is our classroom, right? Like we were like. Yeah. Project school bus Miss Frizzle. Like we were just like the world <laughs> is our classroom, and so One that, of us children. Yes, and it's that's how I grew up. So I don't. That's how I think. I think in those terms. Yeah, I mean, learning how to learn is it. You know, mm. I'm being I a think. lifelong learner, which is something I'm committed yeah. to doing. I mean, once you once you start paying attention, you can't stop. Mm -hmm. It's it's not something you can try to because sometimes it's exhausting to pay attention and learn from everything going on but you're not going to be able to for long I, I tried to check out for a little while and not pay attention to things because it was just like you know what i don't i'm never going to know what's really going on um i'm just going to focus on what's right in front of me and my life and all of this but that didn't last that long because then all of a sudden i start things started filtering in i'm like wait what is this that's happening what is this that's happening how is it happening how is yeah. this you know and and how then i you, resented how have you been able to stay on top of current events with your job like your job had you all over the place and working all the time so how are you able to stay on top of current events and and stay up to date with everything going on in the world i mean you know hours of driving between cities yeah um you know, times where I'm laying in the bench in the back of the van, just reading, yeah. reading what's going on, reading opinions, reading conversations, you know, I, I love just lurking on forums and, and watching arguments unfold and, and learning the how best place to do that. I love. Reddit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, there's so many places where you can just see where people are coming from and, and, you know, there are, 
one of my favorite things to see is in an argument, if someone is actually speaking to the content of the argument or if they're just criticizing the person making it. And that's a really, really quick way to, you know. An ad uh, hominem. Yeah. Right? To, I used the right term. I think so. I think I did. I think. Yeah. I hope to yeah. God I did. I'm going to have to fact check it. Well, it's. Uh, I fact check for this podcast, by the way. I delete things if I say <laughs> that are wrong. Snopes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Wikipedia, um, obviously. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's where. That's where I put all the information. That's where I said that Tom Tom Arnold was actually Big Bird. Why did you say that? But in my Wikipedia article, someone should say that I wrote in Wikipedia. Do that you Tom have Arnold a Wikipedia page? I don't know. I was told. Okay. <laughs> Creepy things happen when you are a semi-public figure. I was are, told that there you was- You are a public figure. <laughs> the Sorry. helmet's a public figure. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, there's always been like the little, not always. You don't think always, people I mean, leave another. shows and want to know the, the person behind. It's like when you watch Titanic, right? Like people <laughs> go search like Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Yeah. Or, or well, you know. There was a collection of information about me that had been put together by people with that same way of thinking. Yeah. And that was one of my first times I was like, wait, what? Like, I was really thinking about it. I was told um, that there was like a Tumblr page that had like my phone number and a bunch of other stuff on it. Whoa. Like, I was like, oh, Welcome wow. Welcome to the new age, though. I mean, that's like the, that's the thing about having fans. and Yeah. And but again, I think that goes back to what you represent to people, like especially like women or whoever, right? It's it's that you made them feel a certain way, so they want to get. Well, how can I? How can I continue to feel like this? You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I don't know. Maybe um, maybe like that one like high five you gave to that person was the nicest someone's been to them in like a month. Right. And, so and then that's, they're like, I need to learn more about this person. Who is this person? Yeah. And that's the Tumblr page. Yeah. But I'm sorry that you felt so violated. I mean, it's, you Did know. you find the Tumblr? I didn't. I went okay. looking for it and I couldn't find it. So you didn't fact check? So, well, I tried to, but I believed the person telling me and I wasn't 100% sure that the person telling me wasn't the person who created it and then went and deleted it. <laughs> so, you know. Who would tell you that, that though? That's weird. Yeah. Let me create a Tumblr page. I've never had like a weird fan thing. Um, I've had like creepy messages from guys, but that's like every girl on 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 yeah. social media. That's not unique a, to me. Um, a lot of uh, marriage proposals from overseas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I see. <laughs> Some guy yeah, wanted me told me that once he pays his cable bill, he wants me to move in with him. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he's got to pay his cable bill first. So. That's what I'm waiting That's for. incredible. She'd be like, sorry, I, I don't uh, date people with cable. I only stream or, uh, <laughs> or satellite or nothing, buddy. you have Wi-Fi, then we'll talk. Yeah, exactly. I think the cable, internet makes people feel so brave, you know? like It does. feel invincible, practically, so. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's the other problem, too, is that people are so used to being unfiltered and they're just blah here's what i think that they don't take the time to reason through those thoughts or even filter yeah. them around people now and it's created some of the hostility that we see yeah. i don't think bill gates is gonna chip your brain though i think you're safe yeah no i'm uh 
I'm not too worried about that. But like, don't try yeah. to add if you don't have anything to say other than saying you're dumb for questioning it. Right. You know, hmm. I think I think that's allow anybody the room to believe in whatever crazy thing they want. How do you keep up with yeah. all this? This is a lot to keep up with. I've been paying attention since I was a little kid. And it's like I said, once you start paying attention, it's hard to shut it off because you you know, I hear about something going on. And I'm like, that doesn't seem right. And then I have to go dig into it. You know, dig into it. I can't just let it be. Because when I started, it was like, I was on fire like that. You know, I was literally yeah. calling juice companies, telling them to take the floor. I mean, why? That's, that's, that's a young and inspired, like you want to take action. You want to do something. You want to feel like you can help. You know, you want to feel like you're a part of, you might not know, you might have no direction, but you want to do something. And I so think the intent you call there. the juice company. <laughs> I called the juice company yeah. And I was yeah going, you did something. I think I called the Homeland, I, I called Homeland Security. And, um, <laughs> to question them about my uh, social security card because I didn't want mm -hmm. one and I thought the government was tracking me. Well, they are tracking yep. me, but, yeah, um, no, but I have one, so. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole notion of conspiracy theories is the conspiracy theory in my, like, I see new data coming in, like, okay. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to just believe it blindly, but I'll allow it to Would you say that's a very privileged thing to be able and i'm going to use the word privilege um yeah it's a privileged thing to be able to sit and listen and and take time to uh critically think about current events because i think it is i think about um a lot of people are not in a position where they can take time to listen to um even the news because they're so busy trying to make money they're so busy trying to just keep their families alive that yeah. they don't even take in current events. And that's why I, I think like when we talk about like stupid masses, that's what it is. It's people that are, they're just trying to survive. They don't have time yeah. to sit there and like, well, what did Trump say? And what, what's like the latest on this and that and the other thing and what's right. going on, you know? Right. That's what I I've think, been thinking think, a lot about lately. I think there's some of that. I think it's what you're naturally drawn to. Like if you're a curious person, you might yeah. be drawn to those curiosities. Yeah. I, I know I started, like I said, I started working full time at 14 years old. So mm -hmm. I like, I watched that, you know, that privilege video where it's like, take a step forward. If this has happened, take a yeah. step forward. Yeah. That I literally was standing at the back at the end of it. <laughs> like, I'm not sure I would be in the position I am today if I didn't have to have a fire lit under my ass to make anything happen because literally nothing happened for me other than being born a white male, apparently. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had to I had to to kind of claw my way into what what I became. Yeah. But even then I was paying attention because I was curious about it. You know, that right. stuff mattered to me. I was right. I, I had people around me that, that mattered to. And so as soon as you kind of wake up to that, like maybe not everything is exactly what you hear in the off chance and yeah. maybe it does matter, you know, like if you don't know what your rights are, then you don't have any. Right. Right. No. Yeah. I get it. You know? Yeah. And, and people think it's not important and you know, where that stuff doesn't matter. And it's like, it doesn't until it does. But. I, think, I mean, yeah, I think questioning can go too far, but um, yeah, but that's me. That's me. Yeah, I shouldn't. I shouldn't yeah. make that the the standard for everybody. You know. Yeah, for some people, it's really like they are so. Um, what's the word? Uh, uh, consumed. Gone right now. Consumed, but also empathetic. There mm -hmm. it is. 
empathetic that it's just like, I can't, that can't be, I can't live my life and just continue knowing that this is happening. So I just can't look at it if I want to survive. Like, yeah. I can't I just, hold both of those things at the same time. I just time. have this thing with people that take in things and don't do anything about it. And that's yeah. kind of where I'm at is like, I don't have the resources to, to do what I really want to do in terms yeah. of helping humanity, you know? Well, well, maybe your help isn't directly. Maybe your help is just having that conversation with someone who is just completely sold out to everything MSNBC says and then be like, oh, did you see how they cut this thing? That's, yeah, that's but it. I maybe think- that's your helping of humanity. Well, yeah, you know? I think I need to be uh, more articulate. That's something I'm working on. You know what I mean? Yeah, same. I it's get not... all caught up in rambly and mumbly oh, and can't too. remember the me fact too. I'm trying to pull from. And... and then sometimes your emotion takes over and you're like, wait, what words was, was I going to use? No, sources, like, have, I mean, make sure it's not manipulated. You know, that's the other thing, too, is that, like, everybody has their own versions of events that they want to put forward and then omit the rest of the things. Like, right. the amount of people that have been, look at who is stopping declassification of stuff. If, if there's someone trying to make things known to the public and there are people getting in the way saying, don't make that known to the public, right? look at that. Maybe that tells you as much as you need to say when someone wants to out it and let the public decide for themselves and someone wants it to stay a secret. Yeah. Like that's And I'm a I'm a big believer in that the truth always comes out because I do believe yeah. that it always comes out. Um it just takes years and years and years sometimes. But Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for being on my podcast. Thanks for being on like yeah. the podcast as someone you don't know that well because that's kind of a risk. Yeah. Um well, actually, funny you bring this up. So my neighbor, this place I moved to, um is like 17 acres. And the guy who owns it, he lets people rent out this, like I'm in an old house next door to his old house. And there's a couple RVs. And one of my neighbors has a, a sound company, a production company. Okay. And we just built a stage out there. And he's Texas Music Magazine is one of his clients. Oh, wow. And they're going to be putting on a thing where they have different artists come in and there's a, like a live streaming, there's a camera set up. And we're going to be giving them like recording it, sending it out live. And then they get the whole thing to take with them. Right. To use for anything. And so there's a bunch of artists that are going to be coming in and doing shows on that stage, live streamed out. Um, that's so cool. this, yeah, if that's something you're interested in. There's artists signing up for it. And, right. and it's cool seeing, you know, and it's, it's good as an artist to like have people respond to you like, Oh, play this song, play this thing. And you start getting maybe even a more, um, uh, clear concept of what your fans are digging and not digging and then having that little bit of access to where they can type in the thing and oh I love this song or do this I mean there's yeah you know they might say that while you're playing on stage but you can't hear it so I'm focusing on my podcast so now I do four and a half hour long podcast so now every guest that comes on after you is gonna have to provide this much to work with (laughs) um there's gonna be more of this on the cutting room floor than there were of Lance Lars Ulrich's drum takes for the Black Album. Mm-hmm. That's a that deep. Way. That's a deep comment. Um, I went I'm just right tired. over my head. I'm just yeah. gonna be honest. Um, so back in the days where it was all on tape and you'd have to actually cut the tape to edit things, mm-hmm. um, I was talking to an engineer who was in charge of like, or maybe I read an article. I don't remember where I got this anymore, but was talking about how much tape he had to cut away to make the drums on Metallica records actually work because they were played so badly that there was just a mountain of tape on the studio floor <laughs> in wow. order to make it work. <laughs> yep. I mean, I think people, people want content. 
That's people so people like hearing what other people say. I mean, you know, if if people are a fan of you, then I think just like you said, like people want to know what's behind that thing off stage, you know, and that curiosity. If you actually have something to say that's interesting and you're not just, oh, you know, I, I like like chips. <laughs> if that's not all you have to say, <laughs> then do people say that? Like, does anyone interesting say? Does anyone say that though? I like chips. That's I don't know. I was. <laughs> that's literally what I could come up with. Um, I know. I know. I know uninteresting people that say more interesting things than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do like chips, but <laughs> that sounds so good right now. Some garden salsa sun chips. Um, Guacamole and chips. There you go. Well, do you want any official way that you wrap this up or? No, I just, I can just say thanks for, for coming yeah. on and thank you for taking your time to talk to me. I appreciate it. You got it. And we'll see you at a spa um, show soon. Sounds good. When, when is it that we're coming down to the Valley to do oh, that? Oh, next year, but we're next looking year? forward right. to it. May All right. May 1st, 2021. I'm very excited. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, we'll, well see you around, Joe. Till then. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs> you too.